Welcome back to another episode of Five Minutes in Church History. On this episode, I'm joined by two very special guests. My first guest is Dr. Johnny Gibson. He's an assistant professor of Old Testament at Westminster Theological Seminary in Philadelphia, but you'll hear his accent. While he was born in England, he was raised in Northern Ireland, and it's a pleasure to have you, Dr. Gibson. Thanks very much, Steve. It's a pleasure to be on the program. I'm also joined by his co-author, Mark Ernji. Mark is Australian, but he's currently in the UK. He's an Anglican minister from Sydney, and he's currently undertaking doctoral studies at Oxford. Mark, it's a pleasure to have you on the program. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Well, these two have collaborated on a book that I just love the title. It's Reformation Worship, Select Liturgies from the Past, for the present. I love that it's about the Reformation, that it's about worship, and I love this idea that it is the past for the present. So, gentlemen, let me just turn this question back to you. Why did you do this book, and what is this book about? Uh, well, we're both Christian ministers. I was a Christian minister in Cambridge, England for uh, two, three years, and um, I had sabbatical leave and I was uh, tasked by my denomination, the International Presbyterian Church in the UK, to um, put together some resources for liturgy uh, to be used in our churches. And long story short, I happened upon a few rich liturgical sources from the Reformation era. And I went off down rabbit trails and thought it would be wonderful to have all of these liturgies that were written in the 16th century put together in one volume and updated and translated and collated all together uh, for pastors and ministers, as I found it a great help as I was leading worship each week to actually be delving into some of the orders of service and the prayers and the readings and how they thought about worship as reformers in the 16th century. Yes, I mean, I, I would add to that. One of the things that really sparked it for Johnny and I was just looking at some of these liturgies and considering the theological thoughtfulness uh, that our reformers put into these liturgies and, and indeed looking at the orders and looking at the elements that they uh, included in these liturgies and thinking this is something that clergy today can look at and see some marvellous principles some theological principles to put into practice, things perhaps that have been neglected or forgotten or left by the wayside, um, but things to build up the saints and feed people week by week. You know, as I look over the table of contents of this book, really appreciate it. Both of you have some wonderful essays to just set the stage up front. And there's names we should expect to see in here. So, of course, we've got Luther. Uh, we've got one of my favorite reformers from Basel, Echolampadius, is in here. Zwingli is in here. John Knox is in here. Ursinus, of course. His name's associated with the Heidelberg Catechism. He's in here. But the thing that holds all these folks together is a word-centered approach to worship. Yes, very much so, Steve. I think um, uh, you see that in Luther's liturgy where he writes a preface and he says that we basically need to get back to the word and let the word shape everything we do in church. And uh, you see it also with Calvin and his tradition as well when he writes the liturgy in Geneva. It's really a, a movement that flows out of sola scriptura for the reformers that everything we do must flow from the scriptures and in a sense, they were saying that it is God who calls us to his worship through his word. And that worship that he calls us to should be shaped and guided by his word. And the beautiful thing about these liturgies is that the word is present, not just in the readings that take place during the order of service of the word or at the Lord's Supper, 
but also the prayers bleed biblical verses. They're full of thoughtful reflection on how the scriptures teach us how to pray and what to pray. While we've only scratched the surface here talking about Reformation worship, the good news is we'll be back next week to finish the conversation. You've been listening to Dr. Johnny Gibson and Mark Ernji about their new book, Reformation Worship. I'm Steve Nichols, and thanks for joining us for Five Minutes in Church History. I see that we have a little bit of time left. Let's look to our good old friend Martin Luther. This from his short catechism. He says, I believe that God has created me and all that exists, that he has given and still preserves to me body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my limbs, my reason, and all my senses, and also clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and child, land, cattle, and all my property. 